The film and TV show is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or follow Britpod Scene on Twitter to find out more. I like these calm little moments before the storm. It reminds me of Beethoven. Hello, uh, good evening, and welcome to the film and TV show with me, Richard S. Um, I'm joined tonight by my one of my regular co-hosts again, Alex. Hello. Hi there. How's it going? Yeah, good. Thank you, mate. Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, as you may or may not have noticed from the beginning, that was the great Gary Oldman from Leon the Professional. So tonight's show, as we said last week, is all about Gary Oldman from Sid Vicious to Winston Churchill. And we're going to be looking through some of his films, talking about some of his best roles and playing some awesome music as well. Um, I'm in my usual garb this evening on this cold evening. Uh, My film and TV show hoodie, my film and TV show top, well, my sweatshirt and uh, my Return of the my Last Jedi um, t-shirt underneath all done by Sorella Print so if you need any custom tees go and see them and also my badge which Alex is wearing as well I can see yeah done by Mythical Studio so oh, make yeah. sure you check them out on Twitter <laughs> and Facebook as well um, if you need pin badges or even pops as well I'm about to order my Rufio pop that's yes. cool cannot wait for that um, so yeah so um, if you're not listening to us on the podcast uh, Please go and listen to us on the podcast, download all of our previous shows. And if you are listening on the podcast, thank you very, very much. It's massively appreciated. Um, we've surpassed 27,500 subscribers now. So wow. thank you very, very much to all of you who are listening um, on a regular basis. It's massively, massively overwhelming. If you can leave us mm. a review as well, that would be awesome because uh, it helps people find us more organically. So the more reviews we get, um, the more people can find us um and obviously follow us on our social media facebook ftv show twitter at the ftv show and instagram film and tv show right so let's get cracking with gary oldman if uh, by the way the reason i'm choosing gary (laughs) oldman this week is because darkest hour yes is out now it was out yes uh on friday it was released in the cinemas on friday just gone did you go and see it the first night it was out I think it was close, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Um, I had to go and watch it because it's just uh, reading some of the buzz. You sometimes think, actually, is it as good as it is? But having seen the trailer, mm. I was just like, he's immense. And I watched him on Graham Norton as well. And I was like, I have to go and, mm. and see this film. So I went and watched it, and I did a review about it, and I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Mm. He is amazing as Winston Churchill. Amazing, absolutely phenomenal. If he doesn't win an, an Oscar there is something not quite right with the Academy because I tell you what, it is powerful, it is humorous, it's it's everything you would expect Churchill to be. I think it's already been nominated for uh, nine BAFTAs and yeah. ten Academy Awards Well, or he's, just, he's just won a Golden Globe, mm. which is an indication of, of Oscar buzz, but it, then... Yeah, I think it's it would be very, very surprising if he doesn't get the Oscar for this. It, it yeah. seems like it's... Um, one of those that, well, well, you just sort of know when you see uh, when you start hearing the buzz about things, and when you hear about what the actor's been through uh, in order to play it, and 
how he was initially intimidated by the role uh, when he first took it on. Yeah. Um, because of, obviously it's quite a pivotal character in British history. Well, yeah, he's probably the most revered yeah. prime minister we've ever had. Mm. You know, he's he, he did what he was brought in to do. And the story focuses so marvellously on that, on the fact that he had the backbench were trying to oust him, you know, with Lord mm. Halifax trying to take over. Um, King Bertie was... Uh, meek, timid, wanted to try and negotiate peace and Churchill was like, nah, 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 we need to, we need to go out there, we need to stop them. Yeah. And and it's it's phenomenal. I'm not going to say any more than that, but, mm. but it, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal film. It is his best performance by a clear mile, clear, clear mile. Mm. And it's definitely one you should go and see. I've done a review on it on, on my WordPress that you can go and find, which is uh, filmandtvshow.wordpress.com. Go and have a look at that if you like. Um, I even got a thank you from someone from the studio who sent me a message on Twitter to say thank you, we loved your review. I was like, winner. You That's... know, it, it was nice. I don't know who it was, but it was someone from the studios. That is so, high praise. It, yeah, yeah, I, I, I feel really quite blessed. I mean, it was, I think it was one of the first reviews out that weren't done by no, proper critics, So, <laughs> which was nice. Um, but we are going to talk about some of um, Gary Oldman's famous roles and some of his that you don't reckon you don't might not realize but i do have a couple of facts that i want to just throw out there right now um about gary oldman so gary oldman has had four marriages um he was even married to uma thurman for two years i didn't even know that i didn't know that he was married to her so yeah, that's I had no idea that that's random 1992 1990 to 1992 they were married um he was born in new cross in london 1958 which, um, again, I thought he was a little bit younger, mm. so that was quite surprising. Um, we'll get to the fifth element, because there's a lovely, lovely fact about the fifth <laughs> element, so we'll get to that. Um, but his sister is Big Mo from EastEnders, Layla Morse. And it's just All like, right. how how the hell? That, like, that is the most random fact ever, that his sister was Big Mo in EastEnders. And obviously for any EastEnders fans out there will know who she is. She's part of the Slater clan um, and she's not been in it for ages and ages, but she uh, she's Gary Oldman's sister, older sister <laughs> as well, which is just absolutely random. Um, so yeah, but we'll go through some of his, some of his films now. Um, I'm scrolling through them at the moment. Just I, having a look I literally this. have, like I, I went through and looked at every single one of his films, right? And I'm going to read out, I'm going to read out the list that I've, that I've compiled. Okay. Mm-hmm. 1986, Sid and Nancy he played Sid Vicious. Yeah. 1987, Prick Up Your Ears, Joe Orton. He got a BAFTA nomination for that. Mm-hmm. 1989, The Firm as Clive Beck's Bissell. That was uh, arguably his best performance ever, apparently. Um, I I actually like it. I think he's very, very, very good in that. Um, 1991, JFK played Lee Harvey Oswald. 92, Bram Stoker's Dracula played the title role and he won a Saturn Award for that. True Romance in 93 as uh, Pimp Drexel Spivvy. 1994, uh, Leon the Professional, Norman Stansfield. Old, uh, arguably one of the best villains in cinematic history. And he yeah. was actually voted the most um, the most villainous character in cinematic history for that portrayal and that was at the very very beginning of the show where it said you know about Beethoven and likes the calm before the storm the little thing so um so you know it's a great great film uh 1997 was quite a big uh a big year for him he did um Fifth Element as uh John Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg uh which we'll get to in a bit Air Force One Igor uh Kushinov 
and uh, Neil by Mouth, where he was a writer and director of that. So mm. um, that was really, really good. 1998, Lost in Space. It not paid, so good. <laughs> not so good. Played Dr. Smith. Um, 2002, Hannibal, Mason Verge, and he was uncredited for that. He was mm. uncredited for five years for that. That's before. So yeah, well, because he's so heavily donned in makeup, they didn't actually put his name, because he said, I don't want my name on I want people to kind of be like, who was it who played Mason Verger? Who was it? And then five years later, he actually come out and said, oh, yeah, by the way, that was me. So, which I think was a clever ploy on his part. Um, 2004, Harry Potter, Prisoner of Azkaban, Sirius Black. Then he went on to do Batman Begins as James Gordon. Back to Harry Potter for the Goblet of Fire um, and the Order of the Phoenix. And then he did The Dark Knight. Then 2009 was A Christmas Carol. Um, and also he did Planet 51, which was a uh, an animated cartoon. Um, then he did uh, The Book of Eli. 2011, he did Red Riding Hood, Kung Fu Panda 2, and Harry Potter, Deathly Hallows Part 2, as well as Tinker Tailor, Soldier Spy as well. Uh, mm. Played the title role in that as well. George Smiley, 2012, back again uh, with um, Chris Nolan to do Dark Knight Rises. Then he did Lawless, uh, Paranoia, Robocop, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Child 44, and last year he did The Hitman's Bodyguard, and uh, this year obviously Darkest Hour is Winston Churchill. So, mm. And that's not all of his either, they're just the ones that I know. Mm. Um, so you know, there's a, there, there are a few roles in there that I, I would love to talk about. The first one being Sid and Nancy as Sid Vicious, because that was arguably his first major, major role. Um, and he was immense in that. He was, he was... Um, really- well, the thing with Gary Oldman uh, in any of his roles is he is an incredibly charismatic person. Um, I've not seen anyone uh, able to take, uh, frankly, um, sort of not dull subjects, but certainly sort of almost biopics and yeah. things that you wouldn't find necessarily interesting um, and really add like a uh, real flavor to them. Um, and it sort of keeps you gripped. Uh, I thought I think we talked about this with like Tom Hanks as well. Yes, before. yeah, we did. Um, I think one of the greatest characteristics of an actor is able to take uh, any sort of source material that you're working with uh, and really delve deeply into it and um, get your audience to latch onto it and um, identify with the humanity. Yeah, and and you know, Sid Vicious is arguably one of the most controversial mm. musicians of his time. Yeah. You know, um, and at the end of the show, I'm playing my way, which is. <laughs> Um, the version that actual Gary Oldman sung in the film is oh, the cool. actual version, so you must, must listen to that at the end because it is just phenomenal. You would think you were listening to the Sex Pistols. Mm. Um, so it is Sex Pistols, isn't it, Sid Vicious? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was just making sure I got the bands right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but he, do you know, he actually only took that. Um, he, he turned it down three times hmm. to do the role, and it was only when the director said, look, I'll give you double your money. It was like, okay then. So he did it. So <laughs> I don't even think he got a lot of money for it anyway. But it was such an amazing portrayal of, of Sid Vicious um, that even, um, uh, what's his name? Johnny Rotten. Yeah. He said that whilst he didn't agree with most of the, food, most of the film, um, and, I, and I quote, Gary Oldman is a bloody good actor. Yeah. And that is what he said because he said that, you know, there was no one else who could have portrayed Sid Vicious in that way. He said it was just the mannerisms, the way he walked and talked, uh, the way he moved his arms and his... He he said everything was spot on. It was just the content he wasn't quite sure of. But 
Still a fantastic film, though. 1986 as well, that come out. Yeah, and how ironic now that he's uh, gone from anti-disestablishment character to being Churchill. Being Churchill. <laughs> I know, and, that, and that's, the, that, that's the ironic thing of it. I mean, he's done so many real-life people. Lee Harvey Oswald. Mm. He actually went to see Lee Harvey Oswald's wife and child. Wow. Uh, and spent three days with them, interviewing them, to get inside his head to to actually become him. That must be a weird thing to do. That was, yeah, I mean, there's not much documented about it, but mm. I was reading that he spent three days talking to him about Lee Harvey Oswald, and I'm thinking, that's that's mad. You know, they've gone to see the killer of the President of the United States, sorry, mm. killer, in fact, commas. Um, <laughs> Conspiracy. Conspiracies, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and kind of sit down and literally delve into him as a person. So I thought that was actually, but then that's not the first time he's done something like that. He tends to really get involved yeah, in his characters. Of, he's sort of um, method. Well, not really method because as an actor, he knows when to when the cameras stop, he can revert back to himself yeah. fairly easily. But certainly the research that he puts behind a lot of the roles that he does is uh, supremely in-depth. Yeah. Like beyond uh, any sort of normal uh, level of research going above and beyond, which is, again one of those things that I think really shows uh, when he does get to act as these characters uh, on screen and uh, makes them not just a caricature but a fully rounded individual. Yeah, absolutely. And th- that's kind of where um, he he's kind of a little bit underrated because people don't realise the effort that he puts into it. Mm. You know, he, he, he the reason he's so, he's so chameleon-esque is... You know, he started in theatre. Theatre mm. is his is his first love, and will always be his first love. And he's on he's on record as saying that. And <laughs> you know, thespians always seem to make the most versatile you can, actors. You can sometimes tell because of the way he sort of uh, pronounces his uh, his lines in the movies. Yeah, uh, it's almost a bit louder than everyone else. Yeah, he's um, he's very very powerful, but not in a bad way. And I think he knows when to control it and. Uh, again, uh, he's fully in control of like yeah. everything uh, that he does. But um, certainly, uh, if, if we're looking at movies that may not necessarily have done well uh, in terms of box office or just critically, uh, things like Lost in Space. Well, yeah, um, he is probably the shining moment in those films because uh, it's just his character uh, and the way he sort of. Um, He's the funniest part of the movie. He's also the uh, sort of most threatening part of the movie. Yeah. And it it just shows in a lot of the movies that he, he comes across and just sort of steals the scenes. And and that's the and that's a testament to him as an actor is that mm. he does steal the scenes and he does so without you really noticing it. Mm. You know, in, in the firm he was he was really strong in that and it was you know, he's always played villains. That's been the thing, is that he's always played villains up until um he played Jim Gordon. Yeah, and and he and, and he said, you know, I've always played villains. I've always been good at playing villains. To play a good guy mm. was really a struggle for him, which was really really strange. But he played it perfectly. Uh, yeah, though, he's uh, a great of, Jim Gordon. Um, I hadn't really noticed that he was playing villains up until that point. But when you do look back at it, it's like uh, it's it's Zorg, it's um, Doctor Smith, it's uh, Norman the, Stansfield. Yeah. Uh, and but they are all really varied characters mm-hmm. like even as villains uh when you when you look at them you've got zorg who is a head of a corporate business um 
obviously has his own uh, sort of uh, goals in order to destroy the Earth, but has his yep. own plans for it. Um, and then you've got uh, Dr. Smith, who is literally just like the most sniveling worm in the entire galaxy. Literally the entire galaxy. Yeah. And, uh, and then you've got some really psychopathic characters that he's portrayed and uh, ones that will keep you up at night just uh, having nightmares. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, it comes down to him being just a fantastic actor. Mm. Um, well, more than just a fantastic actor. But um, we'll get into a couple more um, in a minute. We'll play a couple of songs and then we will be, we will be back.
last one to kill a bad guy buys the beer. Hey! This is Michael Winslow, and you're listening to the Film and TV Show with Richard S. Please press the hash key for more now. Hmm, that was not the hash key. There you go and it just ends like that so that was the theme tune for lost in space and also uh blink 182 aliens exist which will be from planet 51 had to get blink 182 in there somewhere and i was surprised <laughs> that was actually on the soundtrack so so yeah um we were talking during the during the musical break that um that gary oldman is just amazing uh his accents because he's done such a multitude of accents and yeah yeah he's um he's just sort of just jumps out and surprises you for a 
for a British actor to have so many sort of uh, accents that he can rely on. And it's not just a case of, oh, he can do one American accent. He can do a lot of different uh, sort of American accents from all over the uh, United States. Yeah, well, he did. Um, we were talking, weren't we, in um, as the pimp in True Romance, Drexel Spivvy. Yeah. That was kind of, uh, I don't know, was it Jamaican? Was it kind I of... I think it was like an American... Uh, Americanized Jamaican twang to it, yeah. But that was, and I didn't even realize that was him. And I was like, <laughs> holy crap, that is amazing. But then he does Russian fantastically yep. well. I mean, you've only got to look at it. And for you eagle eyed listeners out there, the music at the very, very top of the show was the theme tune to Call of Duty Black Ops. And the reason I chose that was because he plays um, Reginov. Yes. I think it's Reginov. Um, uh, the Russian guy. The Russian it? guy in it. He's actually in, he's in that one, World of. Uh, World of Warfare Two, or he's in he's in quite a few of the Call of Duty games, and um, and he plays a Russian in that, and much like uh, Kevin Spacey's in a couple of games, he's yeah. he's phenomenal in it, and he plays <laughs> he plays a Russian in so many films. You know, you've got Air Force One, he plays a Russian there. He plays um, a Russian in Child Forty Four. or it's not quite a Russian, but he's got he's got an accent to it. And also in Hitman's Bodyguard as well, yes. Which is just, you know, he's he's so good at throwing his voice and so good at doing loads of different, um, different voices, different accents, and he's done such a massive multitude of accents. It's just ridiculous. Okay, so I'll go through uh, just the quick list of the uh, games that he's been in. Uh, so Medal of Honor Allied Assault as Sergeant Jack Barnes, uh, True Crime Streets of LA, uh, The Legend of Spyro. Uh, which is super weird um, but he was in Call of Duty World at War as Sergeant Victor uh, Reznov and then Call of Duty Black uh, Black Ops as again Victor Reznov or Dr. Daniel Clark yeah he did quite he did a couple and he was saying actually on uh, on Graham Norton quite a while ago that he literally spent four days just screaming literally <laughs> because um, when you're playing the game as, as most of you will know out there that um, when you're doing certain things, people will be, characters will be shouting stuff at you, mm. you know, like over there on the left, rah. And he actually started doing it. And when he when he did it, I was like, holy crap! I remember him doing that in the game that I played. Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> wow. Um, so it is, and he does he does a fantastic accent, but he he does it so that you kind of know it's him because you can kind of because uh, he does. They're all very similar. The accents mm. they're not really any different. They're kind of Gary Oldman's Russian accent. Well, I think he comes from that sort of... Well, to me, that shows that he's... uh, Because he's gone quite far back to when Medal of Honor was uh, was actually a thing. Yeah. Um, That's sort of before uh, games got really sort of mainstream... I say mainstream. They were were pretty popular back then. But uh, when I talk about mainstream and actors within uh, gaming franchises, uh, I'm talking more about uh, the recent ones that are now using them as uh, star-pulling power. Uh, yeah, like Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey, yeah. Like the the later Call of Duties really started to capitalize on that with Kit Harrington in one yep. of the last ones, um, and it, it sort of detracts, well, mainly from the uh, from the story, but also from the uh, actor's uh, role. Yeah, because everyone starts to go, "Oh, that's Kevin Spacey." oh that's Kit Harrington, and then they start using their likenesses and their facial uh, likenesses yep. and then it just completely detracts because oh it's just Jon Snow in, in a Call of Duty for some yeah, reason yeah it's, it's ridiculous whereas before it was oh it was, it's Gary Oldman's voice 
but in a different character and he's not just trying to be Gary Oldman yeah exactly which is you know which is what Kevin mm. Spacey is basically in his he, he literally plays like the guy from House of Cards but yeah. a really evil version of him <laughs> and that, that's pretty much it yeah. you know, apart from preying on people um, he's, an, he's an evil git so yeah but um, but Gary Oldman is just uh, he, he's just so great at doing those sorts of voices mm. and, and he's so talented at doing those um, he, the one for me um, out of all of them is it, and I love it is Jean-Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg that's one of my favourites as well yeah I, I just love Zorg in The Fifth Element if you haven't seen <laughs> The Fifth Element give your head a wobble because you need to go and watch it really good it, it's probably Luke Besson's best film yes by a clear mile it looks like he tried to copy it with the uh, newest thing Valerian out. yeah Valerian yeah. City of a Thousand Planets or something um, but yeah if you're looking for a, a, a really really good Luke Besson movie uh, Fifth Element's the one to go for it's got insane world building uh, in just a singular film it's not it's not trying to be a franchise nope. uh, and it, it it just pulls no punches uh, there are some uh, issues with the movie I'd personally say that Bruce Willis isn't you know he isn't on his best form in that movie no he looks like he looks like a lazy drunk for yeah. most of it um, yeah. but but Gary Oldman in it is phenomenal as Zorg yeah. he doesn't get many many lines but when he does they are they, they pure are, gold oh god yeah yeah <laughs> you know I am very disappointed yeah they're all quotable <laughs> yeah that they, they literally are you know I asked for four crates four stones in four crates zero stones zero crates <laughs> and it's just like and what yeah. right, right about now is where they're going to find the little red button yep <laughs> they're going to want to know what does that little red button do <laughs> yeah and it just blows up it's brilliant it is and but but that is a testament to him because Zorg isn't exactly the most easiest of character to play in mm. the scheme of the film because he's quite a complex character not only is he kind of the most successful um, I don't know what he is CEO owner whatever he's like a Bill Gates kind of character he's but, like an um, evil Bill Gates like though. a fashion Bill Gates as well yeah, because he's got that, that little hat over his head. <laughs> yeah, the plastic But cap. then when he sweats, it goes black. No, I think that was... Or was that hair dye? That was like... I wasn't really or sure. Was it blood? I was thinking it was actually blood because he's on the phone call to the weird ev evil alien planet thing. Yeah, but it and comes from his of, head, though, and that's what... I, yeah, it's, it's very yeah. strange. I think it's left sort of ambiguous as to what that was. Um, but it certainly looks as though he's having... Or, like real pain whilst uh, yeah. that's coming out of him um, but yeah he's just fantastic and uh, I do love the fact that you know he's not the typical villain because he's just in a way although he's the main figurehead of the movie uh, he's actually just the sort of lackey of the evil like he's shapeless entity he's a puppet yeah and and that's all he is and uh he doesn't he doesn't go out with like an epic fight or anything he's it's like it's like more of a whimper it's like oh no oh no <laughs> because <laughs> like, uh, done you know there's always a bigger bomb yeah well yeah exactly i just like it when he if you haven't seen it we're we are going to spoil something yeah. now when it when he comes back and like and they're like there's a bomb on the ship and he shoots and he's like I know. I know. <laughs> uh, another great accent from him as well, uh, deep Southern American. Yes. Yeah, and, that, and that's what it is. And, you know, when you hear him speak, he's he's not posh English either. either. He's kind of... I would, I would Just normal. Yeah, he's not Cockney, even though he was born in London. 
he's kind of I don't know he's, it's like a normal English accent not, not like, Queen's English not Mockney I'd or Cockney or Common Queen's yeah maybe Almost, but right. he's but he's so eloquent in in what he says um mm. and and he's like that in loads of his um <laughs> in loads of his films one that I do really really like actually is when he plays Dracula in Bram Stoker's Dracula he yes, is phenomenal is, in that this is one of my favorite roles that he's done uh purely because the movie back then um was spectacular uh it did a lot of uh interesting things um, but when you look back on it now, compared to <laughs> compared to uh, some of the questionable acting from Keanu Reeves in it, yeah. uh, and that awful, awful London accent that he attempts, um, but the the main saving grace of that movie is Gary Oldman's portrayal of Dracula, Family, yeah. because he makes it so um, so not a monster movie. It's a tortured soul movie. Yeah, because you, you can see Dracula is in agony at the idea of turning this woman into something that he hates being himself yeah. which is a demon and yet ironically at the beginning he wants to be yeah everlasting because he wasn't he didn't start off as dracula he no. was he started off as vlad the impaler yeah and then he he killed a couple of people drank their blood and kind of went from there and mm. and yeah he become he become dracula and you kind of think the irony he doesn't want to turn anybody into what he is because he, the ideology that he had before... Well, it's funny because he quite clearly... He, he is a monster uh, in the fact that he kills people throughout the movie uh, and you can see that there's not much resentment there. But when he's face-to-face with... Um, I've completely forgotten her name. Oh, uh, the God. The female character played by... Oh, man, I've lost uh, it. Yeah, no, it's, I, I can't even remember now. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But yeah, um, when he's face to face with his uh, his his love interest, um, you can quite clearly see there is massive inner turmoil there, and uh, it's just bringing so much character again to a character that uh, before that was played, I think, by Christopher Lee. Uh, yeah, it was in the yeah uh, Hammer old school Hammer movies, uh, and. Um, yeah, it's just a fantastic portrayal of a character, and we've not we've not really seen anyone get that close to a good portrayal of Dracula since either. No, um, Luke Evans did an all right one in Dracula Untold, but that was again trying to set up a dark universe movie. Yeah, it wasn't. It it, it was more of a franchise movie as opposed to a standalone. But mm. you know, but it's it, it was interesting looking into into Gary Oldman. You know, after after Dracula because. He did. He did loads and loads of films. He was obviously in Friends as well, which was <laughs> phenomenal. He was only in it for one episode, but he yeah. actually got nominated for an award for that, really? which was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got nominated for an award, and I'll tell you, <laughs> I can't think what it was um, that he was nominated for. He was nominated for. Uh, I can't find it now, but yeah, he was nominated for an award for that. It's just like that's the weirdest thing ever, really. But unbelievable. <laughs> but after that, in two thousand and one, he wasn't in any films until 2004 and people have suggested that he was blacklisted for something or other that he did they don't really go into too much detail but it was in 2004 that he got um, he got put into um, I think it was Harry Potter hmm. I think it was um, and you kind of think well I didn't actually know that yeah Harry Potter um, Prisoner of Azkaban as Sirius Black 
which uh, we'll touch on on that after the next musical interlude. Yeah, um, but yeah, he was on a kind of uh, like a blacklist hiatus, and it was only when when they kind of brought him into that that he really took off again, and he had. Film after film after film, which was it's really so really bizarre. It is, it is. Um, Whether it was a sort of self-imposed, I don't think it was though. Or... You know, according to according mm. to the the Pedia that is wiki, um, it, some people say it was because he was blacklisted for something or other, which I don't quite understand. But then a lot of people have said he is quite underrated. Um, mm. And I did do a poll on on Twitter actually, which I will I will say out at the end as well. But um, but yeah, we'll play uh, we'll play a little bit of music. And then we'll be then we'll be back and we'll talk about the later films that he's done. Too many faces, and there's 
Holly Dempsey, you're listening to the film and TV show with Richard S. Thank you. 
go so that was joe strummer love kills which is from sid and nancy and before that you had sting shape of my heart which was from true romance mm. so uh two absolutely classic films but we want to talk about um kind of post 2004 where gary kind of found his um he kind of found his niche really i think found for his a little good bit. guy soul <laughs> he did yeah because he played serious black who was meant to be a villain but actually turned out to be a good guy but in azkaban he was mm. actually quite a in that film he was quite an evil character anyway and it was quite well written for him and even J.K. Rowling has said that his portrayal was everything and more she could have expected and that she mm. wanted so you know that's a testament to, to him and he was and the character's actually quite a I don't think he got the building the character building uh, as much as he should have done no I think um, honestly I'd have preferred uh, he was one of my favourite characters when I grew up and read the books anyway, yeah. so um, I, I always have a soft spot in my heart for that. Um, but it did feel almost criminal uh, that they underused Gary Oldman. Um, I felt like they could have just written a few more scenes, gone to J.K. Rowling, gotten something else written. Yep. Uh, there were even um, going to be, uh, like, I think, I'm, I'm jumping back a few years and I think I remember this in the books, but he used to write, like, letters... Uh, of his adventures with Buckbeak when he was on the yeah. run, yeah. Uh, and I'd have I'd have loved to have seen more on that rather than uh, some of the other aspects that we got in the uh, Harry Potter films that yeah. weren't so interesting. Yeah. Uh, but going back to his performance, it was uh, it was again captivating. Um, every time he's on screen in that first Prisoner of Azkaban movie, uh, you're sort of uh, unsettled by his appearance, by his sort of aggressiveness oh and yeah because he looks like a nutter like because a he's, yeah. yeah because he's got straggly hair he's got the random horrible teeth he's got the the draggy clothes because he's been in azkaban he's been yeah. in the prison for ages and he's he's mental because mm. uh, i think even lupin says that it's because um you know having your your life sucked out of you for so long um but not being killed yeah will, will turn you into a madman and yeah. i think it's quite he plays that especially in that initial meeting with harry potter Yes. Um, where he's kind of he looks like he's about to jump out the wall because he's he, or climb up the wall instead yeah there's there's few scenes where you're actually thinking that Harry's in real peril yeah. uh, and one of them is just being in the room with an unstable person that eventually turns out to be his godfather which is yeah. uh, the most ironic part about it and um, 
yeah in the later ones he he sort of i think he gains his uh regains his uh sanity uh in parts you, you sort yeah. of see him build up again uh and it's again for the limited time that he's got he does an amazing progression of going from like we said someone straight out of azkaban that's uh verging on criminally insane to uh almost fully rehabilitated and uh trying to be this uh paternal figure to harry potter and yeah it's just sad to see him go so early yeah. and, uh, but he was but you know in in azkaban he was you know he, he only got what about half an hour 40 minutes in the film towards yeah, the very end yeah but he was he stole the show when he was on the screen because of the way that the character was portrayed and the way that he was built um, up he was it. built up and the way that he was kind of mm. you know clawing at the walls wanting to to get his own back and stuff but then in order of the phoenix he's this suave well-dressed well-spoken man who um clearly has uh you know a, 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 a loving attachment to harry and mm. harry seemed to be a little bit standoffish but you know towards the end kind of you know they, they have that uh they have that affinity together and yeah. you know w- the way that he dies is criminal anyway um <laughs> but uh we can talk about that when we do a harry potter one but his it, like you say his transformation from from you know criminally insane to almost regal like is yeah. um but he's also in the way that he gets the words across and he and he delivers his lines they're also very they're powerful but in a non-powerful way they're very it's it's almost like a subtle power when he's when he's speaking because it's kind of like uh he just the words are just flowing from him so naturally it's almost like um to describe it as a teacher's voice yes because you know that they're trying to comfort they're trying to educate but you know at any moment he could snap and be this threatening booming voice yeah yeah absolutely and uh and yeah it was just he he just performed that character so admirably um and so effortlessly because it did Mm. appear so effortless um and you know he was that was part of a franchise and if you look at any of his other films he never did a franchise up until then which shows you kind of the way movies were going Mm. but then because of that he also got drafted in by christopher nolan to play Jim Gordon, arguably one of the most um, important characters in, in DC in DC folklore, yeah. really, um, and he plays Gordon fantastically well. Yeah, he um, again, what he does is he takes a, a cartoon character and actually makes him a human being with all different kinds of things, from flaws to uh, emotional scales and uh, trust issues with Batman, obviously, uh, yep. especially in the first one. Uh, where he doesn't even know who this uh, mass vigilante is, um, but you see them building up their uh, their partnship. It, it's it, I, it's say more it's of a relationship, a, yeah. I think it's more yeah, like it's, a symbiotic relationship because you know he he comes up with the bat sign. It's almost like a better the devil you know sort of thing. Where yeah, although you can tell that uh, police officer Gordon doesn't trust in vigilantes that he he understands that batman is a force for good yeah. and that uh he can do something uh good for gotham with him yeah. um but you know at any moment's notice just like uh in the dark knight at the very end you know that when it push comes to shove and he needs to chase him down he will chase him down yeah and and he does but he also knows that he's only doing that as a front because he knows yeah. that and you know the speech at the end you know when his son has been rescued and um 
you know Christian Bale's Batman is is laying it down the thing you know he says to his son he will be chased because he has to be he you know he has to be what Gotham needs right now and Gotham doesn't need a hero they need a villain mm. because they need someone to take the fall for Dent's murder is it? yeah it yeah. is Dent isn't it yeah Harvey Dent yeah Harvey Dent um, whenever I hear Dent I think of the guy from Beverly Hills Cop <laughs> but anyway different um, but yeah but the journey that, that Oldman takes him on mm. is so close to the journey that he takes in the comics it's very it's not light and fluffy like you know some of the previous Batmans would have you believe he's quite a a, a tortured family man who has issues with his family you know because he, he mm. tends to be dead for how long do you know yeah. what I mean if so you that, just look back at the old school Schumacher ones and everything uh, with Batman he is a very minor character that never pops up more than for 30 seconds uh, and there's no sort of relationship between him and Batman it's just the bumbling police officer. Yeah. But uh, in the Nolan verse, it's completely different. We see, um, well, throughout the entire trilogy, we see a massive increase in police presence, which there would be in a crime uh, in a crime ridden city. Absolutely. Um, you see that there's some uh, obviously corrupt cops, uh, but ultimately Jim Gordon isn't one of them, uh, which is one of his uh, one of his characteristics that Batman picks up on. Uh, and understands that he's one of the few that can actually be trusted. Well, he he even outs himself to him right at the very very end at of the very end, yeah. exactly. So, you know, but, but Oldman just scene. yeah, it is. But then you only have to look at, uh, at Oldman's face when he he you can see it actually going through his mind. Mm. You can see him physically trying to piece it together as if it was actually him. Which you know, it's those little subtle things that you see in his characters that. You won't necessarily see that from the likes of Ryan Gosling or uh, Leo DiCaprio. You know, Tom Hanks does it as well. It's like it's a generational thing yeah. that they they really kind of grasp it. I mean, Heath Ledger did it for the Joker, which yes. you wouldn't necessarily have put him in the same generation as as, as think, Oldman. But yeah, there are there are some actors that can do what Gary Oldman uh, is doing in his movies. Uh, I think it, as you said, it comes from being a theatre actor. Yeah. Uh, being able to connect with uh, his viewing audience on an emotional level. Um, you see it with other uh, theatre actors like Anthony Hopkins and things like that. Um, and you can sort of see it in some of the movie actors that he, he's on the screen with. I think he's very much a case of... Uh, he's almost like a uh, razor of other people around him. Because yeah. he, you can see other actors, when they interact with him... Uh, they just upped their game. Uh, I think Daniel Radcliffe uh, gave some of his best performances in Harry Potter when he's around some uh, fantastic actors uh, with obviously far more experience, and he sort of fed off that and used it. Uh, and Gary Oldman is one of those people that you can see when Christian Bale's uh, working opposite him, he's doing the same thing and playing off his strengths. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I just hope that we get plenty more movies with uh, yeah. Gary Oldman in the future well he did Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy mm. and he was amazing in that yep. I mean it's not it, it's not a film that I've re-watched but it is a fantastic film again it's a character that is very very deep it has a he has a lot of layers to him but again mm. you know he pulls it off because of his theatre background and, and to me Gary Oldman is criminally underrated when you compare him to the likes of you know the loveys at the moment the Ryan Goslings the Leo DiCaprios who tend to get all of the all of the roles um, that if they were given to to someone like Gary Oldman, if they were written in such mm. a way, um, 
he would smash it out of the park. You only have to look, and we'll hark back straight to um, Darkest Hour as Winston Churchill. I mean, what a transformation. You I, know, I could was... arguably just pick any sort of movie uh, with men around his age. Um, take Liam Neeson, for example. Yep. The past couple of movies that he's done have been absolute garbage. Um, but if you were to take Gary Oldman and give him a chance in uh, one of those sort of slightly action-y based uh, movies that have like a thriller side to them I think Gary Oldman would do enough research to make them uh, amazing yeah absolutely um, and, and that's what makes Gary Oldman a fantastic actor and you know he's hoping that he finally gets his Oscar mm. because his back catalogue deserves he deserves to win an Oscar people were clamouring about uh, Leo getting one well I'm not being funny Gary Oldman um, is much farther up the chain, and he Definitely. should have he should have got an Oscar a long time ago. So here's hoping that he gets one for Darkest Hour. And if you haven't seen it, go and watch Darkest Hour because I tell you what, you will not be disappointed. Um, don't expect action. It's not an action film. It's no. all about the script. It's all about um, the the emphasis on this the smaller picture, not the bigger picture. So don't go in there thinking it's going to be like Dunkirk um, or it's going to be like Saving Private Ryan. It isn't. It's all about Oldman and the supporting cast. It's a Lily bit like James. King's Speech. Yeah, a bit like King's Speech, but a hell of a lot better. Yes. A hell of a lot yeah. better. Um, I, I personally think it, sh- uh, it sounds better when you say Sir Gary Oldman as well. Yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> he, sh- he, should be, he should be a Sir, but, you know, it's, yeah. uh, it, it will come. It will come. <laughs> so, uh, so that brings us to the end of the show. That's uh, another hour done and dusted. It is so fast. It does, and there's so much more we could talk about. There are so yeah. many films that we haven't been able to talk about and so many other characters, but, you know, we can always do a, a second Gary Oldman um, mm. in the future. So uh, so that, that's it. Uh, let us know if there are any Gary Oldman characters that you really, really like. On the Twitter poll, no surprise that Norman Stansfield from Leon yeah. was the winner. Um, so, And he is a criminal um, DEA agent <laughs> and it was brilliant uh, one of my favourite films Leon if you haven't seen Leon go and watch it um, but that's it so back again next week yeah. um, I haven't a clue what we're going to do next week yet I'm going to have a real think about what we're going to do we'll think um, of something we'll have, a, we'll have a real look we'll want to do something a little bit different but um, but yeah thank you guys for listening it's an absolute pleasure to, to talk and to know that you guys are listening out there because um, as I say, it really, really means the world to us, um, and I know it means the world to to Andrew as well, who couldn't be here, but um, we'll get him on again soon. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> it is great. Um, just remember that you can uh, read any of my reviews on my WordPress. You can find any of us on uh, on Twitter. Find all the tweets that we're doing. Um, we're doing the Lowdown Film Festival. That is a go for September 2018 here in the UK in Peterborough. So find uh, find that on Twitter at Lowdown FF. Um, there's some uh, we have got some amazing stuff for that. Yeah, um, that's going to be something to really put in your diary and uh, come down and uh, have a look. Absolutely, it's going to be phenomenal. So um, yeah, keep an eye out for that. Um, and that's it. That's uh, that's us done. I shall speak to you all again next week um, it will be a surprise what show will we do <laughs> we don't even know yet but, but we'll figure out what we're yeah. going to do there's so many that we can do but I want to make sure that it's relevant to what's going on in the film industry at the moment and not just something random although something random is pretty good I don't know we'll see, we'll see. Um, but yeah Alex thank you very much for coming on thank you as always and uh, guys uh, if you are listening on the podcast 
please leave us a review pretty please it'll be great so just so we know what you think just takes um, five seconds to uh, click that like button and, uh, and yeah all you've got to do is, little... is hit the five stars and then just yep. put brilliant something like that will be amazing because um, that's you know we just want people to be able to hear us don't forget to share everything that we do so that your your friends and everything can uh, can listen to us as well we'd love it and um, and that's it I shall speak to you all again next week have a good one Jean-Baptiste Emmanuel Zorn Oh no I am very disappointed And you